0: Hello and welcome to Two for Nine. my name is Patrick Cullen. I'm your everlasting host uh, and with me across the table, can you believe it, uh, the one and only crystal tea party. Pardo, how are you big man?
1: Uh, good Pat, yeah, good. Um, it's weird to be, uh, not so much to have you in the same room, but to actually be sitting upright to be do- <laughs> while-, while doing a podcast. <laughs> Normally, I'm
0: sprawled. You have to feel it's a bit of a habit of, like, podcasting from bed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I see you there, sprawled yeah. out, got yourself in a very comfy yeah, position, yeah, sometimes yeah. with your microphone near your face and your head sort of off the bed, like you're upside down, doing some forms like ancient jiu-jitsu. Yeah. Or maybe yoga or something, trying.
1: To, do you find that's better for your vocal cords? Or uh, I'm more just trying to rattle around my three brain cells that I've got. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Nuts and a can. <laughs> Put them in a few different um, variations and
0: see what comes out. Yeah, that's yeah right. I like it. I yeah. like it. It's like sort of um, boomer bowling with the old ball. You know, just like throw it down there, see how it spins and what happens to the bloody wicket, um, uh, pal. We said it off air, but uh, pretty sad. Pretty
1: sad. I'm pretty sad. Uh, yeah. Um. Yeah. yeah. Look, it's hard. Hard. Hard days ahead. Hard days behind. <laughs> just hard days. It's just hard work at the moment. Uh, uh, watching uh, the Australian men's creed team. Um, Melbourne was a bit of a disappointment, but there were some silver linings there. I thought not all not all bad. Not all good either. <laughs>
0: so here's, here's the lovely di- dichotomy about cricketing opinions. Is I, I spend my time looking for icebergs and jumping into lifeboats and, and paddling away. And you be trying to uh, spend your life on the deck looking at the rain clouds pouring down, finding those silver linings. So I've been very anxious to hear what positives you've pulled out of this disastrous test. Um,
1: uh, well, look, the obvious one is, is obviously Pat Cummins. Uh, true. First of all, his bowling performance in the second innings to give Australia, uh, you know, four hundred is like a lot on, on in the second in the fourth innings of a Test match, mm. but it's not impossible. Not it, True. It, it's been done, yeah, um, and been done against better teams. Uh, you, the West Indies uh, in the early mid two thousands uh, famously scored four hundred plus to beat a then full strength Australian side. True uh, to uh, to um, win a Test match. Uh, so not impossible so you put Australia in a chance where conceivably all three results were on the table at the start of that fourth innings um, the question at that point was um, would the batsman do anything yes um, yes so that's so that's fine we'll dissect that in a minute the, the other the other the other uh, positive to come out of that though um, once that initial question was answered no Um <laughs> 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 um then uh yeah, pat cummins uh, uh swashbuckling yeah 60 on uh yeah. yeah and great to watch nice to watch We so we, we spoke at the start of the summer we didn't really care if we won or lost it was that we needed to show something and this is a guy that's shown something yeah um in our last podcast we spoke we spoke about how nathan lyon um, had shown something um, I think Tim Payne continues to show something, mm. um, and uh, in terms of his leadership, I think he's doing a fine job. His keeping has been very serviceable on some questionable wickets. Um, not easy time out there for, for a wicketkeeper at any, at any stage. He's made serviceable thirties and forties. Yeah, we're going to get out of Gilchrist probably not, but um, yeah, you know, we're getting a guy who's doing his job. Um, so I think uh, you know Cummins and, and again Lyon with his batting. Uh, was against uh, uh, performed above and beyond the expectations of a number 10 so um, those were some things that worked well Um, I thought in the first two days uh, uh, when the pitch was still quite flat and there wasn't a lot of variation in bounce um, I thought Australia bowled quite uh, they were quite disciplined in their bowling performance which was good Yeah, you know know, because it it was uh, there was a risk there that uh, you know India would have scored 6 or 700 so um, they did quite well to, to bowl economically, um, and the fielding's been okay. Uh, so um, those are things that are going well.
0: Mate, you managed to pull a bunch of positives out of that. And I'm I'm very impressed. As the mm. rain came down, you saw nothing but silver be tonight. I, wow! <laughs> I commend you for that. That can be the title of your first solo album. You're welcome. That's a freebie from me. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, mate. Um. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to we're going to throw to Heidi, um, who's going to drop by for a bit of Women's World to talk about the women's cricket, because um, uh, we missed Alina on the pod last week. Uh, we're going to have a quick chat about some cricket around the world. There's been a really interesting test going down with the Sri Lankans and the Kiwis. Um, and then we're going to dive in and do some deep dive analysis on this, uh, what I would refer to as a disaster in, in Melbourne. Yep. Um, plus, B-Train, uh, you suggested earlier that we could do a fun thing where we pick our best Australian team mm. um, using all stats to hand. So we're going to compare and contrast those sides um, a little later in the pod. Plus, Jaya Singh will be stopping by for an Indian interjection. And look, where we'd expect Tom Hawkey uh, to come at us with sass and uh, be very, very pleased with himself. Um, John is such an analytical man, but I don't know that we'll get the same thing, so I'm interested to see how he gloats. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm interested to
1: see how he, how yeah. he gloats. Uh, what, something tells me it's more likely to be uh, gloat by a thousand cuts.
0: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think I think that's accurate. Um, let's throw to Heidi and hear from Heidi Cheeto for A Women's World. Hi, how are you? How, how's life, man?
2: Man, new year say me, but <laughs> got a lot of days to uh, to settle into it. So I'm good, happy to be here. First part of the year. First
0: part of the year, mate. What a time to be alive! And look, hi. It's,
2: uh, hi, it's a beautiful.
0: Uh, I would just ask you, um, uh, for a couple of highlights, mate. Like, what's what's taken your fancy in you know, WBBL-wise over the last little while?
2: Oh well, shall we just take a moment to remember and. Appreciate Alyssa Healy's hundred in like no time at all in absolute style. What a champion! Sorry, also Elise Perry batting with her started on twenty. By the time it was over, she was on like sixty. Healy was on a hundred. Like, how do they score this? Year? <laughs> they- it's like, what are you eating? What are you drinking? What time do you go to bed? What stretches do you do?
0: Which gods do you what? worship? Is there is there some Can ancient you, prayers I could do? do?
2: Do you? Yes. Please. Like, what is in the order? <laughs> get it to me. So, good to be there. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, well, I'm really impressive. Far out. They just seem to get better and better, those two, don't they? Um...
2: They, you know, yeah. I think they're just like it's in the zone. It's their time, and they're just like everyone else is just, owning it every day yeah, of the week. Sit back and watch. And
0: dude, um, Grace Harris, Gracie Harris is, a, oh, is an absolute gun.
2: Man, she's yeah. Why, why isn't she playing? more like why isn't she in the green and gold like just for a t20 like just throw her in She's good somebody value.
0: throw that woman the ball and uh do it quickly uh because
2: yeah or maybe even just throw the bat and get her on a mic and have well, a crack
0: heights i, I couldn't agree we well, on more with that power you must be feeling pleased as well to see <laughs> your um your delightful lovely sixes right at the top of the table there eight wins oh from 10 it's games. a
2: beautiful thing Beautiful and Hyde, oh, you
0: called that before the season started. You, you had that in your brain as as the the way things might end up. So um, credit to you for actually being able to predict a thing and have oh. it come out in the wash.
2: Yeah, that's 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 good skill for me. There, uh, in fact, they're probably winning because I said it. So you are welcome. I,
0: I think that's pretty accurate, pal. I think that's that's the way that was bound to go down. Yeah. Um, uh, Sophie Molyneux, did you see this? She opened the batting for the Renegades and she got an unbeaten 78. What a gun.
2: Yeah. Yeah. All these, man, all these people, it's like their turn, just like a rotational basis of runs. Like when's my turn? Well,
0: heights. I mean, that's.
2: If if you're listening, (laughs) WBBL, if you're listening, (laughs) I'm ready. 2019 is the year. The hundreds are not going
0: to score themselves. <laughs> Look, they're not, Huddy. Somebody's got to do it. And uh, I, I think that person should probably be you. Um, mate, uh, yep. yeah, huge. I actually caught a little bit of the um, of the Sixers' incredible game against the Strikers, um, which you mentioned yep. earlier, you know, with those two really big scores um, from our mates, Alyssa and uh, uh, Elise. Um, Alyssa Healy, mate, mate, I mean, you're absolutely right about something being in the water there, 112 off 69, um, 17 fours, two sixes. Ash Gardner too, I mean, it's just a ferocious top three that, um, it's gonna be really-
2: it, it, You know, it is, it's lethal. They're just so good, clean hitters, and they're so still, and there's like no fear, it's just ball, hip ball. 100.
0: And look, the strikers on a bad side, um, you know.
2: No, not at all. Megan bowling there. Yeah, Sarah Coit as well. She's doing yeah. quite well. And, uh, Did and does she crack out the headband?
0: Is Sarah Coit the girl?
2: Oh so, no, that's Sophie Devine, and she's bowling. So the New Year's game striker sixes. She bowled. She bowled very well, but they got big old headband on her head. Which everyone's having a go I saw
0: on. the entire commentary box got around wow. that hides and maybe um, yeah. <laughs> maybe that's something we could institute on on two for none uh, that we we just commentate in, in in headbands from here on out just to have solidarity
2: yeah so teams if you're out there and you want to sponsor us send us some headbands
0: uh, excellent work hides excellent work I I love that um, uh, I'm all about that headband action. It would be better if she got sort of six for instead of none for. But what are you gonna do? Um, maybe the headband wasn't Look, powerful you enough. You know,
2: she well uh, six of strikers. The one that I'm actually rewatching. Full disclosure: I did not see it live. Um, I recorded it, and Sophie Devine got. She's got two for so well, far, and she got pez and gardner hey, so that's pretty good wickets, i yeah.
0: i tip my hat to that key and currently as we speak hides uh the six is a six for 50 against the thunder um which doesn't bode sensationally Ooh. well um oh yeah healy
2: that'll be that'll be going on next yeah that's um... Oh, i won't
0: say any more because i'll just Ooh. ruin some i'll give the out and out spoiler alerts but let's just say there's been some lower order hitting there worth a look
2: uh, oh brilliant that's
0: that's all i'll say hearts. i don't want to ruin your pre-records for the rest of the afternoon no no
2: that's i appreciate that <laughs> i appreciate that um that is look i think that's they're just the, the sixes are just sharing it around given that tail end a little looking, bit, that's very self It's
0: very self-solving, decidedly so. Um, just looking at the table, as mentioned before, the Sixers are on top, the Heat are in second. We've got Thunder, Scorchers and Renegades there. Um, hurricanes are the cellar dwellers, as of the Strikers, just one off the bottom there. Um, <laughs> poor suckers. And the Melbourne Stars making up the the bottom end of six, seven and eight, Heidi. So I think your, your early well, predictions there of the Sixers and the Thunder being up top, the Heat have proved to be a bit of a, uh, a dark horse um, and, and with yeah. a couple of games to play.
2: Well they're kind of paralleling the men's there a little bit True. aren't they? Heats and my and my beloved hurricanes and the men's number one. You've
0: still about those purple shirts. That's your whole vibe Hides.
2: Do you know I am it's no <laughs> secret I am. And also you put you put Darcy Short in one of them smoking sixes hundred percent give me a tough goodness
0: shirt. gracious. Um all right Hides we might leave it there mate thank you for checking in with us you're a legend and um, I will speak to you after the next pod. You are a legend. Thanks, Heidi. All
2: right, man. Sounds good. Bye. Peace.
0: Thank you, Heidi, uh, for A Great Women's World, as per usual. Um, Beatron, I understand you went down to the game for the Scorches versus the Sydney Thunder down at Lilac Hill, pal. How did you go? <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh went to the uh, the first of a doubleheader uh, on uh, on Saturday, the twenty. I want to say the 29th. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at lilac hill look uh that's a that's a a, it's a highlight in the calendar i think um something that we attended uh last year and 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 looked at for the first time and um i've got to say uh you know we we will uh come across uh some issues with australian cricket later on if the men's cricket team is who's the middle brady
0: uh yeah okay give me the awkward give me the awkward Uh, one of the boat because there's the marsha 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 one yeah the one that says marsha 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 that one yeah yeah yeah
1: Yeah. i don't know who the awkward boy one is but that's (laughs) that's who the the men's cricket team are and then we got marsha you know the the uh the beautiful the beautiful marsha basic one because um look and let me tell you why because um uh, first of all, the the general spectacle that the Perth Scorchers uh, put on um, down there at Lilac Hilly's first class. So it was free for free for families. Free. Free. Wonderful. Do you a chair and your dog count in that in that scenario? I think so, yeah. Outstanding. Yeah, it was still free um and uh pitch, very picturesque location classic cricket ground um you know uh reasonably priced food well, i was about to comment i uh, had yeah. to go with the ice cream yeah, situation not bad not bad i went for a slushy. oh <laughs> slushy. Oh. Oh. Uh, five bucks not, oh okay not bad yeah not bad paid more paid uh, less. Pay less um so that's a, that was all right um <laughs> but the game itself was tremendous quality yeah tremendous quality um you know the the both Sydney teams, uh, the Sixers and the Thunder, uh, have been tremendous in the last couple of years in the WBBL. Um, but uh, if you just want to feel good about cricket, um, there is nothing better than watching Meg Lanning, who's uh, who, who's playing this year for Perth, um, uh, just absolutely take the bowling to to task. Watching the captain of the Australian women's team uh, score a uh, a quickfire 70 odd. Um, you know, in a in a winning run chase uh, where the Scorchers are chasing over 180, was spectacular. And actually, the, the thing I um, thought was uh, uh, was truly marvellous marvellous about her play yeah. um, was uh, her ability to loft balls over the infield. So, yeah, right. not necessarily uh, massive uh, um, uh, power strokes or flat bat strokes, um, but a lot of uh, little nine iron chips. Um, which I thought was great. It's a uh, a skill and a component of the game that we don't see a lot of in the men's uh, side Mm. of things, but something that is really clever and um, and was a really valuable weapon for scorchers on on the day. Um, So absolutely full credit. Um, uh, They had a lot of uh, what they call uh, activation areas activation areas? Fan activation areas. What's a fan activation area? It's where they get to do stuff. Um, Uh-oh. You know, like, you know, they'll have like a net or uh, face painting or... Uh, Did
0: you go down to the net B train? Did you give him some of those wily left armors?
1: Well, no, I didn't. But um, there was um, there was a, uh, a young fella in a scorcher's kit who's basically... His whole job for the afternoon was to face throwdowns from 10-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, one, that's great. But, too, what, what a good job. <laughs> what a great job. That job.
0: Yeah, sign me up for that. Um, B Train, let's talk about this Sri Lanka versus New Zealand test, mate. Because um, mm. you sent me uh, some footage of Trent Bolt just absolutely tearing them apart. And, and, mate, I understand you're a bit upset about the whole scheduling of this summer um, in terms of when teams have arrived and who is playing who.
1: Yeah, look, it's an interesting one. Um... Uh, I, look, I understand, um, why, I, I'm not, I've got no issue with India playing the Boxing Day test, but that makes a lot of sense, a whole lot of sense, all about it. Got no issue, uh, Sydney playing the New Year's test, uh, in, uh, in Sydney. I'm just saying that they are the number one ranked test country in the world at the moment, correct me if I'm wrong, um, and we are not. No. <laughs> uh, we're, but we're a developing side. Sure. Um, um, and uh, Sri Lanka will be touring here uh, at the conclusion of the India Series. I'll be playing a game in uh, Brisbane and Canberra, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I believe so. Uh, which is great. Great for Canberra. Um, but what I am saying is that might have been a nice one to play first just mm. to get the old kinks in the armour out. Because, um, I, look, I understand that we sort of came off the back of the UAE tour. So that was a bit of a learning curve oh, for us massive, all. Didn't ex- Didn't exactly go to play. We got some good stuff out of that too. Yeah. Uh, a number three batsman. Um, but um, that might have been one to look at as a uh, as a cricket administrator and go, you know what, we're just going to use this as a bit of a step up. And there's no disrespect to the Sri Lankans, but, but um, in terms of what we're seeing in terms of the performances against uh, New Zealand, they're also a little bit in a state of uh, development.
0: Yeah, and and you know what it stands to be that the test series we play against them is is going to be we we should have a bit more of a better chance than we currently do at the moment. Um, look, the the first innings the the Kiwis got rolled. Uh, they got rolled for one hundred and seventy eight, um, which it wasn't great. B J Watling made a forty six, but outside of that they got pretty torn apart. Um, Luckmull, uh took five for fifty four there, um, which was pretty impressive they went through a couple of bowlers but it must have been moving around um, because in the second the first Sri Lankan innings I mean mate Trent Bolt came out and just destroyed 6 for 30 or 15 um, mm. and you sent me uh, some footage of that and it was just wild so many LBWs the last 4 or 5 batsmen are all out LBW for a duck like nobody knew anything he must have been hooping it around corners um He's a really impressive bowler, um, Trent Bolt. He's one of those guys, he once he gets on a roll, he can be very difficult to stop. Do you remember that test down in Hobart? Mm-hmm. It must have been Davy Warner's first or second test, I think. I think it was Starkey's second test as well. And Trent Bolt took six for or seven for in that and absolutely like, tore our bowling mm-hmm. apart. Um, you know, he's a, he's a really talented guy and has been for a long time. And, and, and you know, like... Angelo Matthews was stuck in the middle order there on 33 not out so obviously wasn't completely unplayable um, but uh, v- very difficult conditions against those talented bowlers trained,
1: Yeah absolutely I mean, I'm, t- I'm telling you mate I'm an unabashed fan of New Zealand cricket, New Zealand cricket at the moment um, and it's, uh, it's led by those two guys uh, Southie and Bolt um, I mean not often after scoring 178 in the first dig that you walk Back to the sheds with a seventy-four run lead. <laughs> I mean, and you're quite right. Last four wickets LBW uh, after ca- catching a couple of uh, ca- catching the outside edge a couple of times. Um, six for thirty uh, for Bolt and uh, nine for sixty-five between them, yeah. um, which is just ridiculous of uh, thirty overs no less. Um, and then uh, second innings um for uh for New Zealand they uh evidently decided to, the bat, their batting order evidently decided that they wanted to turn up uh Tommy Latham just continued his fantastic run of form of late 176 um very patient 176 or 370 balls yeah wow um Ross Taylor with a uh, chipping in with a 40 or 44 uh the skipper Cam Williamson continues his run of form as, as we've said before I think one of the, arguably one of the top three batsmen um in world cricket at the moment mm. um if you include steve smith as part of that uh pantheon um and um uh, nichols with 162 off uh 225 um and then uh, our mate uh old the grand home
0: the grand Hole
1: <laughs> um, the big house that's right with a quick fire <laughs> 70 75 or 46 deliveries so um all going really well um, just some interesting facts about Henry Nichols. So that was his highest score there of 162 in that test match. Um, but these are the kind of figures that I think you, you'd like to, we'd like to be seeing from our middle order at the moment. Absolutely. Um, so at the moment, he's, after 23 test matches, he's got an average of 43.5, a, um, uh, a really handy conversion sh- conversion rate of... Uh, he's got four centuries and 850s. So um, wow. usually once he gets a start, he tends to go on with it. That's about... About right. You maybe want to look, move to a little bit closer to a, towards a 50-50 split. Um, but um, a first-class average of just a tick under 40. And that's a really interesting thing, a really interesting point, I think, with where we're looking at with a lot of these young Australian players that are coming through. Um, and I think we talked about it uh, with Marcus Harris a bit. Yeah. You know, we're we're picking guys with first-class averages in the mid-30s. Mm. Um, and um, uh, that's where... You, we just maybe just, we just don't have the luxury uh, of picking guys with averages in in, in the forties and so on yeah. and so forth. Now I was proved wrong with Marcus Harris in that his performances have been okay, yeah, um, and he did average fifty in the last two seasons um, of of Shield cricket. Um, but I think that's the point about you know someone like Hen- Henry Nichols, you know, comes in at the age of 27 yep. uh, first class average of, of uh, uh, around forty, averages forty in Tests, uh, forty three in Tests, and um, and and looking really really good. Um, and, and that's something that I, I think that when we're, when the Australian team is deciding upon you know, who they want to bat in the top six, um, at the moment, we're just not scoring enough runs. Yeah. Like, it's that simple. As we talked about before, the things that are working really well, um, we're, we're bowling well. Mm. Um, we've got arguably, the um, you know, uh, the best off-spinner in the world. Well, uh, the, the best off-spinner in the world. Um, you know, you might make an argument about uh, whether or not he's the best spinner in the world at the moment. I think sure. there's, a, there's a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, players making that case at the moment. Um, but... Um, and arguably, Bardo, the best tail-end batting going around that's I
0: mean, go like if it wasn't for our tail we wouldn't have a batting order right now um i believe our tail is averaging the same as our top six with a bat in this mm-hmm. series so um yeah, uh, they're all good points chris but could we deal with a guy at the age of 27 a la henry nichols who can come in at you know number five number six and score 162 absolutely yeah
1: you know? i mean and that's an obvious point to make but i think that, that um uh, this is a guy that's played a lot of cricket before he's played his first test. Absolutely, and has a good, uh, you know, a, a, a good granny, a, a good, a decent amount of runs. Uh, uh, under his belt before uh, he's, he's hit the, uh, the test scene and performing really, really well. Knows his game, buddy Knows his knows game. Knows
0: who he is, knows what he wants, knows how to go about it. Um, and that's, that's the thing. You know I've, you and I talk about Mike Hussey, I think, every podcast. Uh, Michael Hussey or Michael Bevan gets a mention on this podcast <laughs> at least once a week. Sure. Um, but we can't not go there and mention how effective it was for Haas and for Chris Rogers and for those sorts of guys mm-hmm. who are a little bit older mm-hmm. but really knew their P's and Q's.
1: That's um, right. I, don't, I mean, I think even Adam Gilchrist was 28, 29 he before was. he made his Test debut. Now I know he played a couple of ODIs before, um, but I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. Um, uh, so look, it's interesting times, and 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 um, I'm not clearly, you know, yeah. we're not sure about who our top six is now. Obviously, it doesn't help having. Smith and Warner, um, and to a lesser degree, Bancroft out. Hopefully, Bancroft makes some runs and and, and knocks the door down. Um, But uh, the other point I'd make about the Australian uh, uh, batting lineup at the moment is that um, even as far back as when Michael Clark was running the side, there were a number of occasions when um, we just we'd go to pop, yeah. and and we'd sort of go okay well we, we South Africa that's we right well, well when, we're, when we're three down that's when we'll start batting yeah you know and then uh, 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 Steve Smith when we're two when we're two or three down that's when we'll start, start batting. batting you know um, and if the others make any runs it's a bonus I mean in last year's Ashes mm-hmm. you know how much pressure was uh, put on Smith and Warner really now Warner didn't have a great Ashes series uh, and, so, and thankfully some other batsmen uh, stood up and did a job um, but we've been exposed again so now that we don't have one of the top three batsmen in the world to build our side around yeah um there's not necessarily others standing up um and that's that's the critical issue i think at the moment um there's a there's a um uh, a dearth by a dearth, dearth but uh, but sydney presents another opportunity for someone to to put their They'll hand up, up. And, and you hope that they you hope that they do um because i gotta tell you if if we had to face new zealand next week i wouldn't feel particularly great about anyone facing you know um bolt south or even neil wagner yeah you
2: know
0: a great point there mate i mean uh, the, the the kiwis ended up getting uh four for 585 in their second dig um and and routed the uh sri lankans for 236 in the final innings there new zealand winning by 423 runs absolutely pumping it um look yeah you're absolutely right chris if if Trent Bolt and his mates appeared on our doorstep tomorrow to replace the Sri Lankans. We'd be dead in the middle of the dirt. Um, speaking of the dirt b train, let's let's get into it, mate, let's get into the disappointment that was um, the Boxing Day Test match. Um, you and I are both very excited about it because it was Boxing Day. Um, and and look, it just it just didn't go right. I mean first let's, let's talk about this pitch, Bardot. Um It was patchy, it was weird. Um, what did you make of it over the course of the couple of days?
1: Well, mate, I made the point to you before the um, before the episode began um, that the first two days we were bemoaning the pitch about how flat and lifeless it was, and what an absolute road. And there's, and you know, even even the uh, the pundits on the television and, and and radio broadcast were saying, "There's no way we'll get a result." As early as the morning of day one, we're saying, "There's no way we're going to get a result." Well, there was one way we were going to get a result. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Was the pitch flat the first couple of days? Sure. Uh, but it produced a result that went into the fifth day. If the pitch was as flat and lifeless as we say it was, then why did one side make 500 or close to, and why did one side make 150? If you're, if you're blaming the pitch on performances at the moment. You're you're blaming the wrong thing. You, yeah. you you know it's the pitch will be what the pitch will be, and it's it, at the end of the day, it comes down to the, which team can handle the conditions better. Um, and uh, I think uh, by by his own admission, Tim Payne said at the conclusion of the match that India just outplayed Australia in all aspects of the game. Um, so I'm not too worried about the pitch. Um, it was inter- I think it was an, there was an interesting point of conversation there, in that I believe if uh, if uh, the MCG pitch. If a pitch receives a rating of poor mm. for two Test matches in a row, they lose the right to host the next Test match. Really? I believe, yeah. Which means, which would have been huge um, because it would have meant that the MCG might have lost the Boxing Day Test for next year. Yeah. Holy moly! In comes Perth, Bardo, mm. to swoop in and steal it from him. Yeah, that's right. Wouldn't <laughs> they? Well. Um, and uh, so that would that, so so there might be a whole bunch of whole bunch of Victorians now uh, celebrating the fact that uh, Mitch Marsh was selected. Um, no, that's a bit unfair. Um, but. Um, you, you know, because that you know that, that's the only thing I think that that was the only controversy for me around, around the pitch on in the Boxing Day test. It definitely looked weird, but it it performed all right. And look, Indy won the toss, batted.
0: Um, Vahari was out for eight; he was gone, like done, like a dinner. Um, you know, uh, the the other opener, what was his name? Uh, he's the best. Agawal, uh was very impressive, Chris. I thought uh, stoic at the crease, difficult to dismiss. Uh, excellent through square of the um and 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 all around you know it's, it's mind-blowing to me they didn't pick him earlier um a very talented batsman and then comes the the Mexico border um, pajara comes in the new wall and mate that guy honestly I mean 106 from 319 deliveries Bardo. he was just there forever, he batted for such a long time, he batted yeah, in his classical Pajara fashion of just like not giving anything away um, and when him and Kohli were at the crease together it was just it looked, it looked like we were in trouble is what it looked like, I, I was uh, messaging you and a couple of others just being genuinely worried um, about how this test match was going to go and mm. um, Before, fortunately, got a good ball from Cummins after 319 of them, though. I mean, that bloke's concentration is truly spectacular. Um, He's just able to bat for so long, Chris. Um, Mm. And he looked largely untroubled in that time. Um, Although, I will say, towards the end of that first innings, we started putting down some real dollies of chances I can't remember who it was off but Peter Siddle had an absolute sitter um, Mm. off Nathan Lyon which he grasped um Payne grasped a tough chance at the end of day one um our catching wasn't great it wasn't to the level which would we'd really like um uh, yeah, and look, Coley was Coley, eighty-two mm-hmm. off two hundred four. We were lucky to get rid of him um, without him scoring hundred as well. I thought, and again, he's just his he he seems to have a very different personality when he's batting to when he's mm-hmm. when he's fielding. Don't you reckon? When he's batting, he seems to be stoic, and when he's fielding, he's an absolute firebrand.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, mate—you know—so much of the pre-series build-up was about Coley, and rightly so. I mean, hes he's he is the best batsman in the world at the moment. But the player that will leave, for me, that will leave a lasting impression from India from this series, from a batting perspective, is definitely Pujara. Um, when that, uh, you, you know, we, talk about, we talked earlier about how, um, you know, once the first two wickets fell, that's when Australia traditionally in the last couple of years, that's when they would start batting. Mm. Um, now, obviously, Agarwal had a, a, a terrific... Um, uh, I think that was his debut, wasn't it? Not? I think it was, yeah. Um, and I think you'll find that Agawal has scored a mountain of runs in first-class cricket. He
0: has, yeah. I'm aware of that.
1: Um, but once those open, particularly in Perth and um, and in Adelaide, um, once the first uh, two wickets fell, you st- you've still got a job to do because that partnership of Collie of and Pajara is freakish. Yeah, it's um, huge. And um, Pajara is the one for me that... Um, will leave a lasting impression. The way that he has batted in Australia um, has been superb. Um, he is uh, an immovable object. Jeez. You know, so hard to get out. Yes, so hard to um, get out. So, um, And it ended absolutely. up being a, a
0: lapse in concentration, Bardo. Mm. Basically, he let a ball go from from Patty Cummins that he probably shouldn't have. Um, and, and that cooked him. But uh, if it's not... It feels like luck getting mm. him out. You know, like, it feels like excuse me, it feels like fluke is the only thing we have on our side mm. to dismiss him. Um, Rahane looked pretty good as well before he got LBW to Lyon. Rohit Sharma, 63 off 114. Mm-hmm. Um, and look, that's where you win the game. You, you know, Agarwal gets 76, Pujari gets 106, Kohli gets 82, uh, Sharma gets 63, even Pant chips in with 39. Um, and and Collie declares then when they're you know four seven for mm. four four three and I'm sitting there thinking why are we decl- why are you declaring yeah. yep. there at
1: yep and and I, I thought the same thing I, I, it was an odd time to declare um but There's a lot of time left in the day day two that's right and and you sort of you sort of wondered if they set themselves up set themselves up for failure there but uh, he obviously knew something we didn't.
0: Well what he knew Chris was that our batting was average.
1: All right. Well <laughs> that's
0: that's what that's what Virat knew and he was prepared to go with it. Um Bowling performances there. Paddy Cummins is a standout. Three for 72. Mitchell Marsh, Bardo, back into the side. Mm. I and mean, we neglected to mention this. Obviously took the spot of Peter Hanscom. Um, everyone believing that the MCG would be a road and having an extra seamer in the heat was probably a good idea. Mm. Even Finchie got a bit of a bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, but mate, I was happy with how Mitch Marsh bowled. He went, he's went. Mm. he got the best economy rate of all the bowlers. He went for
1: 1.96. Yeah. Yep. So, super economical mm. um, uh, when he bowled. Uh, it created had a few chances too. Had a, had a few appeals um, for LBW, I believe. Um, I thought it, it still has a bit of a tendency to drift into the pads. Now I don't know if that's a predetermined uh, plan or not, um, but certainly it does look as though he drifts into the pads a little bit too much. But um, I think, yeah, as I said, it was serviceable and 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 gave Australia 26 uh, overs and and 26 overs of respite over two days <laughs> is a lot. Is a lot. So um, some, there's something to be said for that selection. Um, Uh, But again, uh, and we'll come to it, um, uh, not that... uh, Peter Hanscom has, hasn't hasn't uh, done that much damage with a bat, but we need more than nine runs from the, from from a member of the top six. So, Do we ever? You know, um, no one's done any no one's done any better than, than, than Mitch Marsh with the bat, and, and it, look, he certainly contributed with the ball. So again, we'll take a positive because the bowling unit's doing a great job. They are. at the moment. So um, uh, and they uh, by and large they all kept it pretty pretty tight. So um, on on at that stage of the game, what was effectively a road. So that was a positive. Uh, And then we move on to um, what happened next.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The first Australian innings, uh, which was a disaster. Um, All of our batsmen were dismissed for less than 25. Um, No one lasted more than 65 balls. Oh, sorry. Tim Payne was there for 85. Um, It was bad. Chris it was bad Harris goes for 22 Finchie goes for 8 Kawaja for 21 Sean Marsh 19 Trav for 20 Mitch Marsh 9 Tim Payne 22 Pat Cummins 17 Starkey for 7 2 Ducks and all of a sudden we're all out for one five one. 5 Boomerang gets 6 for 33 um, a Demolition
1: that's no, what that is let me ask you this question please who would you rather face uh-huh. uh, Boomerang mm-hmm. or Kagiso Rabada
0: Oh, Boomerah, but only just. Um I think Rabada is I'm still scared of Rabada.
1: <laughs> yeah. What you where are you seeing in that cat? I think you're right. I think you're right. Only just but, but they're both magicians and Boomerah is bloody hard to pick. Yes. Um you I think you're right. I think um uh Rabada will just scare you. Mm. Um well, r- Rabada and- might kill me. Is the myth. <laughs> um but but is also a tremendous bowler. But uh, but Boomerah, um, it'd be interesting to do a statistical uh, comparison between those two bowlers because at the moment they are just both are both absolutely superb and young, lots of time on their uh, on their hands. Um,
0: and how was the th- slower ball that Boomerah bowled to dismiss Sauce? Oh, that yeah. was like 105 kilometers an hour. Like it was honestly when it got. When it was being shown, I thought it was a slow mo replay. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a slow mo replay, mm-hmm. Chris. You may remember uh, in the net, I had a ball uh, called uh, Dora the Explorer, actually a prototype by Christian Baron. Um, the idea being to bowl the slowest ball you possibly could and really explore the space. Right. Um, and I think that no was Boomer's own version <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> of that particular delivery. And. Uh, Unlike all of mine, uh, whenever I've bowled that, which has gone over the fence for six, potentially into a river sometimes, um, if, uh, for Boomerah, it, it really did uh, take a wicket. So well done there. Um, mate, everyone looked so bad. Everyone really did. There was there's so few highlights in the Australian batting for that for me. Boomer bowled really well. I mean, six for 33 off 15.5. It's a comparable effort to um, Trent Bolt in that game for the kiwis um it was it was really quite exceptional and look really well supported too well
1: and just to give you some concept too pat um jasper boomer at the moment has a test bowling average of 21. wow um and um that's very comparable to kagasa Rabada. Mm. so clearly the australian batting order has a few bogeymen at the moment um <laughs> uh it's uh, and it, but it, it, these are the things that need to be addressed uh, before well first first of all the Sri Lankan series because that's no gimme and, um, and then obviously um, if we're struggling against uh, fast bowlers that can swing the ball a bit uh, oh and have a bit of variation oh boy how are we going to go against a Duke oh boy so
0: <laughs> I mean Chris I can already hear Tom Hawkey just like um, smugly chuckling to himself over on the other side of the world uh, that's not yeah. what I need in my life um, you make a great point pal I mean, if we can't deal with good fast bowling in Australia when we're in different conditions, we are in real trouble. And here's here's my other thought, mate. Like, a little while ago on the very this very podcast, um, you and I were talking about Smith and Warner and their potential return to Australian colours. Mm. And I was hypothesising that Smith would probably come back and that I thought it was unlikely that Warner would. But let me tell you, right now, I'm starting to feel pretty prepared to welcome both of those guys with open arms because... Our batting is looking bad, Chris. Mm. It's looking real bad, pal. Mm. Like, all out for 151 on the Boxing Day test to an attack which, while good, isn't great, um, is is not good, Chris. Playing real bad shots, I mean, mm. far out. Mm. I mean, I, and my other thing here mate, and you're not going to like this, Bardo, so strap in. <sighs> We've got to talk about those Marsh brothers, Bardo. We've got to talk about him, pal. Now, I'm sorry to do this to you because I know you're a big Marsh guy. You're the biggest Marsh guy. You're a well-known supporter. But Chris, oh boy. I don't think we can get rid of Sauce. I don't think we can. I don't think we have the talent to be able to drop Sauce right now. But mate, they consistently let us down. And I looked up um, Mitch's batting stats the other day and he averages 27 or 28 in Test Match Cricket. Mm -hmm. He averages about 30. He averages 40 with the ball. Yeah. it's not good C
1: T B yeah. now if you reverse those numbers <laughs> if you reverse those numbers it's Jacques Callis um, yeah look look some work to do uh, no doubt about that I don't think there's any anything that can be said um, other than um, uh, if you're a member of the Australian top six at the moment Marsh is included uh, some runs would be nice um, <laughs> still second dig was a little better Second deal was a little better. And
0: look, let's let's move on because it was just so bad. And look, I don't know if we've given India enough credit on the bowling front. No, they did bowl really yeah. well. Boomer especially was Dude, awesome. Boomer's a freak. He's
1: a freak. He's awesome. He's awesome, um, he's he's awesome to watch. Um, I've spoken about Jadeja before. I think he's heavily underrated. Um, I, I, I agree, man. Uh, I think he's really difficult to face. You're um, he, just a bounce he generates. Yeah. Um, and look, second inning, Shami is just difficult to get away. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, and Sharma, who was just used to be guaranteed runs, is no longer guaranteed no. runs. So um, he's uh, very
0: Gillespie-esque, actually. Now Sharma, don't mm, you reckon? Mm. Um, sort of tall, but kind of skiddy. The old one bounces. The old one cuts back into the batsman. Mm. His accuracy's improved dramatically. Um,
1: he's a solid seamer. Yeah, but oh, <sighs> yeah. So that's that's the thing. So that's. It, it, we're, we're playing a good team here like that's the other thing to remember. I think there's been a lot of chat about the pitch about you know how we're not so good and all, and that's all fine that's all valid but let's not lose sight of the fact that we are playing one of the great teams um, you know in World cricket at the moment I, as we said're probably the number one test, test mm. ranked nation in the world at the moment um, you know they're, they're, um, you know I mean India obviously just has a possession of great batsmen um you know it wasn't so long ago we were talking about um, laxman and tandulka and dravid yeah and now we're talking about you know um, Kohli and, and pajara um so let's not lose sight of the fact that we are playing a very very good cricket team and and full credit to them um look but one of the positives that we spoke about earlier in the game was our our second innings bowling performance yeah um for all intents and purposes, I know we need to declare it um again, a kind of a weird declaration. Yeah, strange one. Um to to declare at that point, but maybe um Collie felt they had enough and he wanted to save the the uh, fast bowlers. Um but Cummins um taking six for um a lot of leg side wickets. Yeah. <laughs> um, how good's leg slip and <laughs> I mean, leg gully. Turns out um, leg
0: gully's been our missing tactic this entire time. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. Basically, if we just have a leg side slip court we should be fine. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um but that was, you know, so that that was a magnificent bowling performance, yeah, hundred percent, and was further evidence of again we are in development at the moment. But that was some high quality effort, and he got reward for that effort um, because he's been steaming in all series, oh yeah, um, which has been you know, really good to watch. And he got he got rewarding that innings, which is which is great. But do you know what? Um, Butto,
0: I reckon Paddy Cummins has been steaming in since we played India in India without much result. Without taking bags and bags and bags, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And and he's really coming to the fore now, Pat. And you gotta you gotta like Chris, you gotta be so behind in this kid. but like mm-hmm. after all of the injuries mm-hmm. he's had, all of the time out of the game, all mm-hmm. the hundreds of hours of physio he must have done mm-hmm. to do this performance is yep. just really impressive.
1: Yeah. So that was fantastic. Yeah, and as we said, yeah, what were they chasing? Three ninety nine. Yeah, for victory, not impossible. In theory, they had <laughs> enough time to win the game, and I'm not. Look, it would have been a monumental effort. Do not get me wrong; very difficult to do, but not impossible. And so to, in theory, have all three results on still on the table. Um, at after was just a disastrous first. Um, uh, first innings was something to there's something to say for that in terms of in terms of the Australian psyche. So we, whilst we may not have the most talented cricketers cricketers that add, add to the level that we've had in the past, don't get me wrong, they're still much better than me. Um, something to say for that. The and and we saw in the New Zealand game we were talking about earlier. New Zealand got rolled for 178 in their first dig, yeah. came out and then made 400 plus in the second dig. So it can be done. it wasn't done. That's the sad part. That's the sad part.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the, look, Harris got um, done by the Jadeja for 13. Finchie got done for three. Kawaja looked pretty good, I mm. thought, for 33 off 59, occupied the crease. Sauce also looked pretty good, 44 off 72. Um, before again, like, oh, really unlucky LBW that's just sauce, you know mm. gets given out an umpires call I say it so often with Sean but oh, something happens every time with that bloke mm. um, Trav 34 off 92 again occupied the crease but did, but did a dumb thing and got mm-hmm. bowled mm-hmm. Um, Mitchell Marsh 10 off 21 Payne uh, occupied the crease again mm. and did a job I mean Right, Clint Eastwood there coming out and giving us some grit for 26. But, mate, really, our batting performance yeah. in that gig was Look, all about Paddy Cummins again.
1: Let me give you let me give you another positive, if I can. Please, please hit me with a silver lining, B-Train. It wasn't so long ago that we were bemoaning the fact that Australian batsmen don't value their wicked enough. True. And don't make it hard enough for bowlers to bowl them out. Now, whilst there are not as many runs on that <laughs> board as we would like... What I would say is a positive is as you ran down that list... Yes. How many times did you say he occupied the crease? I'd said it a number of times. They faced a lot of balls. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, they are trying to make it difficult to get them out. Um, and there's something to be... Again, something to be said for that. Uh, it could be um, that we uh, we just have six batsmen that are out of form. Um, <laughs> you know, because all these guys can bat right they definitely can bat chris they definitely can we've bat. seen it we've, individually we've seen it. i could run we've down performances it. for each of them for each of them to say that these guys can bat at international level um but um it's not happening
0: <laughs> look mate patty cummins is 63 was awesome Paddy Cummins is 63, Yeah, a good hope, about that. About that. it gave me life, and if you want to get a real good silver lining, that was definitely it for me. Um, it, there's real talk that that bloke could seriously consider batting seven, um, but I, all I think that does is make our tail extra long, and there's one thing we don't need right now, it's an extra long
1: tail. Yeah. Um, yeah. He's very good, Chris. Here's the thing. It was brilliant. I'm so excited to have that guy coming in at number eight. Number eight. <laughs> number eight. Because coming in at number eight, that's super handy. Now, remember we used to have Mitchell Johnson that came in at number eight? I do, yeah. Do you know what Mitchell Johnson had that Pat, Pat, Pat Cummins does not have at the moment? What? A test match century. True. Now, and he had a, a batting average of yeah, mid to low 20s. Um, now, Mitchell Johnson was not an all-rounder. Mitchell Johnson was a bowler who, who could contribute with the bat. Yeah, he hit a few. And I think that primarily what pat is picked for at the moment is um his bowling and justifiably so and yes he showed it it was a magnificent batting performance by a bowler and he showed the top six what what to do but we cannot afford to get carried (laughs) up in them because if we make this guy bat seven that does not fix the problem look chris all i'm saying is uh, let's drop finchie Let's put Cummins up to
0: two. Oh. Get him out there and open the batting. All I'm saying is, if he bowls 14-overs <laughs> bowls and then comes out and gets the pads on and comes back out again, I'm just saying Paddy Cummins versus Chris. It's, it's, it's my new philosophy.
1: Yeah. Look, you and everybody else. <laughs> Not Not you, though, B-Train. I know. I'm just saying let the guy do what the guy does. (laughs) Give the guy a break. Give him a chance to put his feet up and have a Coke and a pie. He takes wickets and looks good in commercials. And if he makes some runs on top of that, that's a bonus. But he comes in at number eight and that's not his damn job. (laughs) That's not his job. But when he does do it, it's great. And again, (laughs) indicative of... Of, I think, a change in, uh, well, a development in mentality that we've seen.
0: And look, we really have to thank the fact that that guy was out of the game for about eight years and couldn't bowl due to stress fractures in his back, heel injuries, and all he could do was bat. And that's proved to be really useful for mm. us. So thank you, Pat, for doing that work. We ended up being all out for 261. India won the test convincingly. Um, in that last innings. honors were shared between Bumrah, Jadeja, and Shami, who got three for 53, three for 82, and two for 71, respectively. Closing out the test match, uh, and it ended up being a pretty easy one for India, winning by 137 one runs, uh, Boomer got man of the match, and deservedly so. It is the first time, Chris, that India have won uh, the Bordegaskova
1: Trophy on Australian soil. Retained it. Retained it. Retained it. They haven't won it. It's not one. Sure. One game to play, Pat. <laughs> Don't get ahead of me, Pat. All right? So... They can't lose it from here. I can't lose it from here, right? We they won it in India. Yeah. Right? They can't lose it from here. They've retained it. You can keep it, fellas. You can have it. But you I'm haven't won-, won. But you haven't won the series. Okay. There's one game to play,
0: Pat. We're going to Sydney. We're going to Sydney, Chris. Uh uh, and let's let's talk about that buddy. Cause what I'd like to do, and this is actually your idea, um, but I'm gonna it's gonna take ownership sure. of it. Oh, please do. Uh, is is I think what we should do is select our top sixes. Now, uh, uh, our top sixes for the Australian men's test side, um, using players from the state system, uh, who we think are up to the job, um, or the players that are already there, I don't really mind. Um, bearing in mind that Manus, Labashan, Lab, Labashane... We'll go with Labashane,
1: yeah.
0: Labashane just got bought into the side um, as cover for who knows what. I uh, don't know what they're planning on doing with Manus. Uh, who's to possibly say? So, so Chris, uh, what, are you, what are you thinking, mate? Who's coming into your brain as okay. people that should, could be in the top six there?
1: All right. If... If we're just spitballing, we're say. spitballing. I mean, right. We're just spitballing. We're know. the strongest uh, money. Uh, look, around. look. Um, um, ideally, mm. can I pick Steve Smith? Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm picking uh, Don Bradman. Yeah. Uh, Mark Wall, Steve Wall,
1: no, have, uh, Michael so, Bevan. <laughs> so they have to be eligible for, eligible for the selection. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Um, look, look. Well, look. I would say okay. this. Look, I'm going to say this. Um, uh, Stick with Marcus Harris. Yeah. Okay. Right. Um, Mate, I can get around on on, that on the basis that he's averaged fifty in the Shield for the past two years. Scored mm-hmm. two hundred and fifty leading in. He's looked uh, um, serviceable. He's made a fifty. He's a young guy. He's averaged seventy one this season in the Sheffield Shield. Beautiful. Love that. Great. That's what we're looking for. Lock him in. Yep. Give him a crack. I like it. Opening the opening the batting. Yeah. Now, bear in mind. I thought. Kawaja Finch was fine. Yeah, I like Kawaja Finch. That was great. We had a good time with that. Brilliant. Could have stayed there. wouldn't Should've. have wouldn't have had a problem with that. Um, but we we moved. Hey, we moved. Sometimes she got her Yeah. Well, did we? Um, <laughs> but we did. And 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 Marcus Harris has been fine. So Marcus Harris can come in. Um, opening the batting with Marcus Harris. Mm. Joe Burns. Yeah, I'm with you. Right. Uh, he's got 472
0: runs this Sheffield season and an average of 47. So yeah, we'll take that.
1: Fine and test experience. Now I'd yeah. be interested to in know what Joe Burns' test average is, but I would say it's probably in the low 40s if I had to hazard a guess. Yeah, high 30s maybe. Right. Um, okay, 1-2. I'm, I'm
0: happy with that, Chris. Right? I think Finchie, you know, here's the thing about pick and stick. Pick and stick's really hard. Pick and stick <laughs> only works when batsmen are technically proficient and are having a bad day. Everybody has bad days, Chris. You have bad days. I have bad days. Sometimes you miss a straight one. Sometimes you go back to the pavilion. Mm. However, there's that, and then there's technical deficiency. There's a batsman who's got a technical weakness, which has been consistently exploited by an opposition. And that's where I think Finch and Hanscom are both living at the moment. Mm -hmm. Hanscom with going back and Finchy with his front pad, His front pads is causing him issues. Either it's getting in the way of the ball and he's getting out LBW or his bat's not coming around it correctly and he's finding himself edging off or getting bowled. And he needs to fix it. My Mm. old man, and I got a shout out to Digby Cullen, um, my old man, um, the doc, uh, was telling me that he reckons that Finchie should be batting in the middle order, that he's batted more in the middle order recently. And I think that's Mm -hmm. a band-aid solution. Mm Um, If he's got a technical problem that he needs to work on. Um, there's something might have crept into his game subconsciously. Ricky Ponting talked about that happening to him with his head, that his head started moving, falling over. And we saw that with Ricky towards the end of his career, and that's something he went back and fixed. So if it happens mm-hmm. to Ricky Ponting, but it was going to happen mm-hmm. to bloody everybody. Anyway. I don't think putting Fitchy in the middle order is going to solve your problems. I think bringing Joe in could be a shout, especially with one test to go. Like, what the hell? Anyway, sorry, I, yeah. I hijacked no, your signal That's there.
1: fine. So That's fine. So, so so far we've got two players. We've got um, uh, Marcus Harris yep. and uh, we've got Joe Burns. Yep. Great. Uh, number three, I'm going to stick with Usman Khawaja. Yep. Okay. But really well in the UAE. Um, I think it's actually looked reasonable in this series, um, has looked composed, done a good job, it's just got starts, hasn't gone on with it, but that's fine. It's I I, I think there's... Um, uh, he looks comfortable at three. He's got rid of the spin thing. Um, yeah. Keep him in there. Uh, four. Now, four is a tough one. Four is a tough one. Yeah. Um, that's... This is where uh, I think... As we said before, look, in this series, I'd be interested to see what Sean Marsh's scores in this series are. He probably is only averaging about 20, but he's made a couple of you know 40s and 50s mm. and, and, and the like. Um, I would um, be inclined to have Sean Marsh at the moment batting four because um, I don't think we can drop out. I don't think there's anyone better going around. No, I think the um, only other
0: option, mate, if I'm honest, is to bring in Maddie Waite. Um which uh, seems like a wild thing yeah. to say. Um no. but so, Matty Wade's chopping the shield run tally at the moment. He's got five seventy one yep. sixty-three, um, which is serious. Believe it or not, only one hundred and five fifties so, though. So that doesn't feel like it's really that, gonna solve our problems.
1: That's right. Those are those are wicket keeper stats for me. Um true. But um I'm happy to stay with with, with Sean Marsh for the remainder of the series. And maybe depending on, on his performances, uh, you know, we're we're on a test we're on a test by test basis, at yeah. the moment. I get that. Yeah. I would still pick him for Sydney. Um, coming in at five, uh, uh, I don't mind having Finch at five. That's where he bats. Okay. That's where he bats in Shield cricket. Um, uh, All right. Uh, and uh, I would I'd have him at five or six. Um, now. The reason why I'm saying five is be- purely because I've, well, I've got coming in at six. Um, oh, be still my beating heart. So um, look, he, he typically bats in the middle order at in, at five for uh, for Victoria in the Sheffield Shield. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've said before, you know, the, going through that list of uh, bat- of top six batsmen, they've all performed at an international level. Finch can. It's still. I realise it's a different colour. <laughs> I know it's a red ball and he's used to hitting a white ball, but uh-huh. it's still a
0: ball. It's still a ball. Right? Still, so still a ball.
1: I know he can score. And also, um, if he's coming in with a, with a, him, a slightly older ball, um, uh, maybe a bit of the shine taken off, um, and uh, he's a fairly decent player of spin, um, that might suit him a little bit better at okay. the moment. Okay. Um, so, for, for the purposes of Sydney, I don't mind that. Okay. I don't mind that. Um, Which brings us to six, Bear To trade. six. Now, few thoughts here. Okay. Few okay. Here. I'm strapping in. So, I, look, I take your point about um, uh, Mitch Marsh averaging 26. I think at some point, um, if he's making enough runs, he's got to make more runs. He's got to make more uh, runs. No no, nobody's doubting his talent or anything like that. That's fine. I think I'd just like to see him make more runs. Um, uh, I think it's a walk-up start for any short-form oh, for team sure. that we've got. Sure, right? Sure. No problem. Um, the longer form of the game, the test match form of the game, um, just has to... Uh, if he's going to be in a top six, he's got to be making more runs. Pretty simple. Not making enough runs at the moment. So, where Lava is a weird selection for me, mm. didn't make a lot of runs in the UAE, mm. was fantastic with his leggings. Great leggings. Right, so offers a sec- uh, potentially a second bowling option. Mm. Um, but again, it's weird for me because... Um, I'm not sure... he's One, he's, he's not the second spinner in the country at the moment. Yeah. That's probably John Holland, right? Um, and then you've got... But then you've got someone like Ashton Agar. Yeah. Who can make... Now, I'm not saying Ashton Agar can make runs. We probably... Again, we don't have uh, enough of a top six to play Agar. Because Agar would probably bat seven or eight. Yeah. Probably. Really. Does bat as... He t- can bat in the middle order and has done so for WA. So, it'll be a bold, bloody selection. out. Oh, right? But... um uh, the name that comes up for me at six, it's got to be Stoinis. The Stoin. It's got to be Stoin. So Stoin is making, you know, again, I'd be interested to see what his
0: shield stats are. Uh, he's got 298 runs at 42. He's got zero hundreds, but 350s.
1: And what are, what are his bowling stats?
0: Oh, I'll have to pull that up,
1: Chris. Um but yeah, that's that's the sort of the vibe, right? So I'm just saying, if you want to if you want to bat in the top six, if you're a shield player and you and you want to bat in the top six, you better be averaging forty plus. Don't come at me with anything less than forty, right? Thirty nine point nine maybe, but anything <laughs> sure. less than forty, I'm not interested. Hit the bricks, hit the bricks. Um, so the story coming in for six, he gives you another bowling option. You know, I like kind of Greg Blott. Back in the day. Oh, okay okay i love a Greg great uh, comparison a little, little bit of bowling for, um uh from greg blurt back in the day um you can throw in the ball he'll give you 10 overs in an innings he can do a bit of damage um, he's an attacking batsman um you know he's a guy of great character he's a good team man so that's my six right now as i said before i think uh, tim Payne is is one of the few automatic selections in this test team at the moment yeah, by virtue of being captain, by virtue of performing his role as wicketkeeper, and he's made some handy runs.
0: Oh, sorry, Bart. I, I I thought you'd be pleased about this. Um. Okay. So Stoinis. Uh, we are talking ten wickets. Uh. Yep. That's correct. Ten wickets. His best is four for seventy-three. He's averaging twenty-five with the ball.
1: Right there, you go.
0: Um, Far out, mate. Stoinis is killing it. So just just to be super clear about that, he's averaging twenty-five with the ball and close to
1: forty with the bat. So, the, the inverse of. Mitchell Marsh. Right. So, um, which key. I think we established is pretty good. Um, so. And that's not to bang on Mitch Marsh. I think Mitch Marsh can still play test cricket. Oh, mate. I mean, there's no, no
0: doubting Mitch Marsh's talent. Talent has never been Mitch's problem. It's, it's actioning and, and being able to handle the pressure of test match situations. So, yeah, just to be very clear, currently Stoyn is averaging 42 this season with the bat and, yeah, 25 with the ball.
1: Right. You make a great point, Chris. I make a great point. You make a great point. So that's my top six. Okay. Um, that would be Harris, uh, Burns, Kawaja, uh, Marsh, Finch, Stoinis. Mate, that's a really good top six. That's a really good top so,
0: six. And look, the only name I'd throw out at you, um, and I actually am trying to find his stats now to back myself up here, is is the constant question of Maxwell,
3: the Bart- Maxwell
0: situation, yeah, and and whether it's worth Maxi coming in now. Obviously, they don't think it is because they've born in Manus instead. Um, but again, there's there's no denying the guy's talent. Um, It's just, again, a question of actioning it. Um, I know that my New South Wales fans, uh, uh, um, PC, if you're listening, and uh, Alex Spinks will be angry at me if I don't throw out the name of Curtis Patterson. Um, And, uh, you know, we'd we'd all acknowledge Curtis is a great batsman. He has been for a number of years. Mm -hmm. Um, He's got, you know... He's averaging 47, he's got 428 runs, he's scored 103 50s. I mean, if you wanted a classic batsman to come in, um, then he's a good shout. But Chris, I've got to agree with the majority of your choices there, pal.
1: So that's that's where I'm in. Now, the, the, probably the controversial um, exclusion there is probably Travis Head. Um, doesn't find his way into the team. Yeah, unless he um, drops
0: sauce for Trav. I mean, Well,
1: yeah, so, you, so you've got a few things that you could do there. You know, whether, whether Finch comes out, Head comes in. Um,
0: yeah, I think that's where my... Actually, now you've mentioned you know, that.
1: That's where my six and your six are going to differ. I'm going to ditch
0: Finchy, keep Trav in. Trav's been the highest. Uh, he's got the most runs of any Aussie batsman in well, this series.
1: There so. you go. That's, that's valid. That's perfectly valid. Um, so that's not bad. That's not bad. So, I, But I think you've got options there. Yeah, I think the, you're you, right. You know, I, I think that gives you a solid foundation.
0: Do you want to think was a terrible idea? Making Mitch Marsh the vice-captain before this series. Puts a lot of pressure on the man. It puts a lot of... And it means that our vice-captain has been consistently dropped, both by selectors and you and me, yeah. in the last sort of it's 20 weird, minutes. It is a weird message it's to really send. It's really strange, Chris. I don't like it.
1: Mm. Yeah. Um, it is It is a weird message to send. I think um, another, name I, 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 another name I throw around, Alex Doolin. Tell me. Tell me. Tell me what... Alex Doolin done this summer.
0: Alex Doolin has got 461 runs. He's an average of 38. He's got 104
1: 50s. Okay. So we're talking, that's the average, that, that's below 40. We're not interested. Okay. <laughs>
0: okay. Yeah. No 40s, no 40, no dollars.
1: I just remember he started relatively strongly. He but did. That's fine. Yeah. Um, so look, there's a, there's a little bit going on there. Mm-hmm. That to me is uh, it, for this. If I was if I was picking the team, I think there's enough to, sort of enough of a thread there. I think, as you say, I think the the debate would be over Finch and 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 Head. I don't mind having Finchy because I think we going we're, we're going for the fences there, um, particularly game you have to win, um, and he's it's, it's a it's a more probably a more attacking batsman than Travis Head. But uh, you know that's a that's a matter for discussion. Um, as I said. Payne, for me, is, is one of the automatic selections of the Australian team. So, Absolutely. he comes in at seven. Cummins is one of the other automatic selections in the team at the moment. He comes in at eight. Hazelwood comes in at ten. ten. And Starkey, obviously. And, um, well... Um, oh, did you just say, well, to Mitchell Starr, Christopher T. Barney? Is, well, I would say that if the... That, um, How dare uh, you? He look, He's a great bowler. <laughs> he's a great bowler. <laughs> um but if you wanted to play what I am what I am saying is if you wanted to play a second spinner in Sydney rather than picking Shane, a batsman that can bowl leggies mm. um um who hasn't made a lot of runs lately and we need runs that, we don't need more wickets mm. uh, we're taking enough wickets um we're not making enough runs so if you wanted to play six batsmen and you wanted an extra spin option uh you could play Finch or Head that's fine. They both do a bit of part-time spin. Um, but I, John Holland gets a nod, and if a paceman had to go out, you'd probably say Stark at the minute.
0: Oh, Chris, that's a huge selection call, pal. It's a big one. I mean, logically, you make sense, but emotionally, I struggle with that. Um, we all do. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. I think I think what we need to start doing when we've got a team that we know isn't that great is start playing a bit of money ball, Chris. Right.
1: Do you know what I mean? I've seen the movie.
0: Right. So yeah. what I'm saying is that my response then doesn't win you games at cricket. Like, picking Mitchell Stark because he's a proven performer because he's a bloody legend because he's mm. bowls at 150 clicks. If he's not taking wickets, though... Then
1: maybe we need to change our options. Yeah, look, he's he's, he's both fine. He, he's both and I have no, not okay. I have no, well sometimes. I have no problem with playing him in Sydney. I want to be really clear about it. No problem at all.
0: Don't tweet at us, folks. Don't at me
1: because <laughs> the bowling unit, as I said, have done their job. What I am saying is, if you wanted to play six batsmen, mm. but you still felt that you needed an extra spin option, then John Holland comes in, and Stark would be the paceman that misses out. So, yeah.
0: I have to say, you're right. Um, Thank you for that, Bhardo. That was was real fun, big man. We'll have to just see how it rolls out in the wash. Um, Let's hear from our Indian correspondent, Jai Singh, with an Indian interjection. So
3: hello, everybody. India is now 2-1 up and only one win away from the first ever Indian series victory in Australia. Interestingly, I think I'm right in saying this, I'm pretty sure I am, but it does seem a bit strange. Only England, South Africa and West Indies have ever won a series in Australia. So not only will India be the first Asian team, it'll be one of only four teams who've ever managed it. It just shows how impressive Australia are at home. I haven't got a lot to say about this uh, match, because surprisingly for Indian victories in Australia, this one was pretty routine. Usually, it's some sort of tour de force by Rahul Dravid or Sachin Tendulkar and Vivius Lakshman would on a huge partnership. But this one was pretty much a straightforward match. India won the toss and made a good call. There was good discipline batting in the first innings with Pujara and Kohli showing that they could play attritional test match batting and basically absorb a pretty slow run scoring surface without getting impatient. Then India got Australia out for blow par in the second innings. Third innings of the match didn't happen. Let's just not talk about that. Basically, India got a bit confused about their intent and Pat Cummins bowled well. But fortunately, there was enough run, there were enough runs in the bank so that India could just bowl pretty well in the fourth innings and restrict Australia to uh, a score that was never going to challenge the target. So all in all, it was pretty much the perfect test match from India. It wasn't spectacular, nothing, there were no really amazing personal performances, just everybody played their part. So this is the sort of uh, performance that Australia would usually put up when you go overseas. Everybody is contributing. And you get a good team result. So a few things to talk about. Obviously, Jasprit Bumrah has to be mentioned. Burst onto the scene, he's made he's taken forty eight wickets at a tick over twenty one in his first season of Test cricket. He is definitely the leader of India's attack, and it's frightening to see where he might get to when he becomes more experienced. Usually, Indian bowlers burst onto the scene have a lot of profit promise. Ishant Sharma is an example. He gave Ricky Ponting a working over in two thousand and eight. And he's only now starting to realise that potential. He had similar figures to Boomerang this calendar year, 40-odd wickets at 21. The first year, he'd averaged under 30. So if Boomerang can keep it up in the second season, which is usually when people have found out, then I think definitely he is an all-time great in the making. The team news, Isha Sharma is injured, so he's out. And Mishiyadova's come back into the squad and Ashwin is uncertain. Virar Kohli says he's not fit, but he's been included in the squad. The uncertainty is shown in the fact that India's picked a 13-man squad. They've got Kuldeep Yadav in there as the backup spinner, and they've got Kael Rahul back, because although they got a good result in the last match, having Vihari open wasn't really the best uh, use of his talent. He got uh, worked out by the short ball. He's probably not. Good enough as a test match opener, although as an emergency, it was a decent idea. India could technically play quite a few combinations for the next test. They could have six uh, batsmen with two spinners, two seamers. They could have six batsmen with three seamers and one spinner, in which case Jadeja is probably the front runner because he's a bit more fit than Ashwin. They could have uh, an all-rounder, Ashwin or Jadeja, with only five uh, bowlers, in which case they can either have five batsmen. In which case they can either have three spinners and two seamers or three seamers and two spinners. So really all the combinations are open for India. We'll have to see what they come up with and as I've said they usually get the team wrong. It is pretty impressive though that they are 2-1 up given that they haven't really got the combination quite right yet. I'd also like to make some comments about the Kerry O'Keefe controversy which I think is a needless controversy. For those who might not have been up with events Kerry O'Keefe uh, is now on Foxtel and he's doing some commentary. He made a general, basically a general comment about Indian uh, first-class cricket and how good the pitches and attacks are for batsmen. So uncle Agarwal, who is the new Indian opener, and I should mention by the way that he had a very successful debut making 76 and 42, and that solved half of India's opening partnership problems. Maya Agarwal made a triple hundred in first-class cricket in India. And Kerry O'Keefe made a light-hearted jest about his 100 coming against the Jalanda Railways canteen staff, i.e. the domestic attacks that he faced weren't that good. And the Indian, domestic, uh, Indian bowling coach uh, took exception to this in the press conference <clears throat> and said that India is pretty incensed about this. And the Indian head coach, Ravi Shastri, came back with a typically bombastic response to Kerry O'Keefe. Now, I can understand that it wasn't the best thing to say. And Kerry O'Keefe has said that he's uh, very regretful that he didn't quite get the humor right there. I've listened to Kerry O'Keefe comment on ABC Radio for the last, well, he was first there 15 years ago. He had a little break um, and now he's back on Fox. And I personally love his humor. He's a little bit uh, of an acquired taste. And you have to accept that you're gonna get some jokes wrong. You're trying to say something funny about a game that's pretty serious and you're talking about people and you can often misfire slightly and say something that's offensive or can be taken the way you didn't intend. So I don't think the Indian response to this was proportionate. I think a better thing to do would be if the coach had come out in the press conference, one of the reporters had said, what do you think of Kerry O'Keefe's comments that Mark Aguil's 300 didn't make uh, much a contribution to the match because it was a weak attack. And he could say something like, well, yeah, but obviously if Kerry O'Keefe had been in the canteen team, Mike would have made 500. Ha, ha, ha. Everybody says that's well, not that funny, but at least it was taking it in good spirits. By contrast, I think uh, in this match there was some great sledging. Tim Payne and Richard Part's exchanges were pretty funny, and I, I like that sort of sledging. It's not personal. It's not crossing any lines. It's just trying to get into the other person's head. If the person gets affected by it, well played. But more likely, they're just going to have a bit of a laugh with you. I saw Nathan Lyon and Richard Pant were having a bit of an exchange. And Pant was going on about something. You couldn't quite catch it in the start mic. And Nathan Lyon was just waiting for him to finish and then saying, I can't understand what you're saying. Which is a bit of an Aussie saying, I can't understand the Indian guy's accent. And you could see that Rishabh Pant knew he was probably going to say that. They slapped each other on the back. They're having a good time. This has been a pretty harmonious series. And I think basically the Indian management should have tried to de-escalate this instead of making it into a new issue. Interestingly, if there had been a comment that I think was coming close to the line, it was more like that Rishabh Pant calling Tim Payne a temporary captain was something that you could make a bit of an issue out of. But it wasn't an issue, so everybody moved on. My reasoning on the Kyrie issue is that he had a pretty decent comment. He's just pointing out that Indians have very, very good first-class batting records and don't necessarily come up to test standard immediately. I think it might have been Jim Maxwell, but was someone on ABC Radio during this test said that it's a basic rule that... If someone averages 50 in first-class cricket in India, you basically treat that as averaging 40 in Australia because the batting conditions are that much more friendly for batting in India. An example of that is that Ravindra Jadeja, who is basically a bowling all-rounder, he averages 32 with the bat in, first, in test cricket, he made three triple hundreds in two seasons of Ranji Trophy cricket. Compare that against Don Bradman, who played 16 first-class seasons, he lost six to the Second World War, he made six Triple hundreds in first class cricket, and he had a test average of 99.94. We're not going to suggest that Jadeja is anything near half the batsman Bradman was, but if you extrapolate the three triple hundreds in two seasons, even to his career, he's half the batsman Bradman was, he's got some years left, he might even get more than Bradman. Obviously, there is a viable, genuine statement to be made about the quality of attacks and pitches in India, and I think. We should simply take Kerri O'Keefe's comments as a slightly off-color reference to this. He was clearly joking. When you've listened to him enough, you know when he's making a serious comment and when he's joking. And I'm glad it hasn't made that much of a ripple but I just thought we should make a bit of a comment on that
0: thanks very much to Jai again for a wonderful Indian interjection and Bardo we can only hope that things get better from here mate we can only hope that that is us bottoming out and that we're on the upswing
1: that's that's what I have I have to feel about it look I think I think the other thing that needs to be said mate is that um, as, 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 uh, these are difficult times mm-hmm. but only because we've been, we've been pigs, at the, pigs at the trough of cricket glory yeah we've been really spoiled you know what we're like we're a couple of private we're like a couple of private school boys (laughs) they've had to go to work for the first time (laughs) remember that and it was bloody hard it was it sucked (laughs) and nobody felt sorry for us (laughs) that's what's happening right now (sighs) we've we've had it too good for too long and you know now we've got a bit of work to do and that's great So I'm really excited to see who steps up in in, in Sydney for the Australian cricket team. Um, I'm excited to watch India play again. You know, they're a really good team at the minute. They're just fierce and hungry and competitive. So that's all good. It's been great test cricket so far. 2-1, 1 to go. Can we draw the series and have something to feel good about? And then um, the the game against the Sri Lankans coming up up again in um, Brisbane and uh, Canberra. Let's wait and see. That's the beauty of cricket. That's
0: the beauty of cricket indeed. Christopher, thank you for your pleasure, mate. Thank you for hosting me today in your lovely home in Perth. Great to be opposite you. Um, We will be back after the next test, ladies and gentlemen, to wrap that sucker up and hopefully uh, not dab our wounds but revel in the trough of glory. That's going to be the name of my first solo album, Pat Cullen, The Trough of Glory. Uh, thank you for being with us, folks. Find us on Facebook. Uh, like us, rate us, review us on the iTunes store. Spread it around with your friends. And uh, we will see you soon. Thank you very much. B-Train, any final thoughts? Big bye. No. <laughs> thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. us away!